This podcast is made possible by Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Welcome to Go Bronx Podcast, episode 24. I'm Olga Luce. And I'm Angel. Hey, if you follow us on our social media, you'll see pictures of us wearing a slew of Bronx merch. These items are courtesy of George Raphael, as well as DJ Sam Real and Bronx Native. You can find where to get your Bronx apparel in our show notes and on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, at GoBXPod. In the meantime, we've got a good show for you today. We are going to talk about the Bronx Walk of Fame. A lot of people don't know we have a Bronx Walk of Fame, where over 120 sons and daughters of the Bronx have been inducted. For now, the Walk of Fame begins at East 138th Street and ends at East 161st Street along the Grand Concourse. There were plans in place to extend the Walk of Fame further north on the Grand Concourse in 2020, but, well, you know. The concept of the Bronx Walk of Fame was born out of the volatile years when New York City was suffering an economic downturn. From the late 60s to the late 80s, there was urban blight throughout all five boroughs, but of course the Bronx took the brunt of the negative imagery. When the city's economy catches a cold, the Bronx gets pneumonia. But in the mid-90s, like a phoenix emerging from the ashes, the borough began to experience some economic development, and it seemed as if things were looking up. Yet, with the Bronx still reeling from many years of burning, community morale needed a little boost as well. Fernando Ferrer, the 11th borough president of the Bronx, took office in 1987 and served for 14 years. Ferrer is credited with the creation of some uplifting initiatives like the largest free cycling event in New York State, the Tour de Bronx, and the Bronx Walk of Fame. Here is borough president Ferrer, or as we affectionately know him as, Freddie, talking about that time. Well, like a few things at that time, like the Tour de Bronx. Um, we try to identify things that would lift the spirits of the people in the Bronx uh, and restore our sense of um, confidence and um, in ourselves and in our borough. The, the recall that uh, by the time I became borough president, corruption scandal had ravaged not only the uh, city's political elite, and the Bronx's political elite, but also our self-confidence. That and the still smoldering embers of the fires of the South Bronx. So we had to do something apart from rebuilding and taking the, you know, the window decals down and putting real windows up. That was trying to restore people's sense of pride in, in home. When you see, especially young people, as I did, lose their confidence, lose hope. That's a terrible thing. So you try to, I think one tries to find the things that give us an opportunity to think about the Bronx and all the good things that have happened, good people that have come through, and their stories are not unlike ours. So we could do that. That works. A plan was put in place to induct some well-known celebrities who hailed from the borough and have them unveil street signs bearing their names. In 1997, the first inductees were entertainer John Jellybean Benitez, basketball great Nate Tiny Archibald, actress Renee Taylor, 
comedian Robert Klein, and television host Regis Philbin, who was also one of Freddie's favorites. Well, I, that first class of inductees was a very interesting class. I mean, Regis Philbin was, um, um, was at that time and still is considered a real icon of television, but also he's a real Bronx character. Guy who uh, grew up in the Bronx and, and in Van Nest and then Morris Park, went to Cardinal Hayes High School. You know, he, he was a big deal. Um, he talked the Bronx. He thought like a Bronxite. Uh, and you could see that in almost every, in every appearance he made on television and literally anytime he opened his mouth. He talked like a guy from the Bronx. So we were all very proud of him. We also talk a little bit about Renee Taylor in episode 17, an animal lover who insisted her pooch have a seat at the table during the induction breakfast. It's a funny story. You should check it out if you haven't heard it already. Comedian Robert Klein even included a tribute to his favorite borough in his act. Into California, round the horn of Texas, up to Minnesota, down to Arkansas, seen the plains of Kansas, the mountains of Virginia, but the Bronx is beautiful. <laughs> Since its inception in 1997, an average of four to seven people were inducted every year, adding to the growing list. The criteria for induction was that nominees must have either been born in the Bronx or at one time in their lives called the Bronx home. Not all inductees were born in the Bronx, as in the case of actor and 1999 inductee Rita Moreno, who was born in Puerto Rico. But at age five, her family moved to the Bronx near the Bronx Zoo in the Cortona Park section. Did you know that Rita Moreno was the first Latina to become an EGOT? An EGOT? That is someone who has won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony Award. Vaya! We're going to take a break and talk about a few notables that were inducted posthumously. Don't go away. The world has changed a lot in the last year, and more than ever, you need health insurance you can rely on. Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield is the whole health company, and that means they are dedicated to improving the health and well-being of everyone in the Bronx and throughout the New York service area. They've been supporting the health of Bronxites for 86 years, providing you access to high-quality, affordable care. To learn how you can make a whole health connection, go to empireblue.com. Sigourney Weaver here to tell you about the New York Botanical Garden. 250 acres, 1 million plants, and you. Now open in the Bronx. Plan your visit at nybg.org. City Bike is expanding to the Bronx. Membership is only $179 annually. New Yorkers who live in NYCHA or receive SNAP benefits can take advantage of the discounted City Bike membership for only $5 a month. Visit citybikenyc.com slash pricing to get started. There were a few people that were inducted onto the Bronx Walk of Fame after their death. 
Like crooner and eight-time Grammy winner Luther Vandross, who died of diabetes in 2005, but was inducted in 2007. As a teenager, he would often get together with his friends and sing doo-wop in the halls of William Taft High School in the Bronx. Also, Guy Williams, who played the 1950s iconic swashbuckling mask hero Zorro on television. He passed away in 1989, but was inducted in 2001. Oh, and yes, for you baby boomers or Generation X sci-fi aficionados, he was also Professor John Robinson in the 1960s original version of Lost in Space. Salsa legend Charlie Palmieri, the giant of the keyboards, was inducted together with his brother Eddie Palmieri in 2005. Though Charlie died in 1998, Eddie has always attributed his continuing success to his late brother, so their sign bears both their names. The induction of Bronx Walk of Famers wasn't relegated to just individuals. Some were inducted as a group. The first of the African-American girl bands that formed in the 1950s were actually from East Harlem, the Bobettes. But they went on to inspire a slew of others, like the Chantels. The group was made up of girls attending St. Anthony of Padua in the Marisania section of the South Bronx. It was the height of R&B, and their hit single, Maybe, made it to number 27 in the 1958 Billboard charts right under Chuck Berry's Johnny B. Good. The Chiffons was another group of teenage girls, this time from James Monroe High School in the Soundview section. Their hit song, He's So Fine, made number two in the 1963 Billboard charts. They became so famous, they appeared on a number of television shows, including the popular American Bandstand hosted by Dick Clark. And in 1964, the Bronx-born girl group was one of the opening acts for the Beatles and the Rolling Stones' first U.S. concert. They were inducted onto the Bronx Walk of Fame in 2005. Hip-hop legends Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five were inducted as a group in 2004, and the Dominican boy band Aventura was inducted in 2007. Breakdancers Rocksteady Crew were inducted in 2008. Other groups that were inducted were Joni Madden and Cherish the Ladies in 2010. And a Bronx band, which still performs today, Larry Chance and the Earls, were inducted in 2008. Also inducted are some unsung heroes. People who are not household names, but have made significant contributions to society and the world at large. Dolores Hope may have been known by the average citizen more for who her husband was, rather for who she was as a humanitarian and philanthropist. She was inducted to the Bronx Walk of Fame in 2000. Her husband of 69 years, the legendary Bob Hope, passed away at the age of 100. She lived to be 102. Some other non-household names that were inducted included cinematographer Sol Negrin, inducted in 2012, music composer Miguel Amadeo, inducted in 2013, and photographer and children's book writer Arlene Alda, inducted in 2016. Like Mrs. Hope, Arlene is also married to a very famous man, actor and fellow Bronxite Alan Alda who was best known for his portrayal of Hawkeye in the hit television series, MASH. Also inducted in 2016 was animator Peter Son, 
who was the first, and at this juncture, the only Asian American on our Walk of Fame. You may know Peter's work at Pixar's for Monsters, Inc., The Good Dinosaur, and The Incredibles. He was also the voice of Emile in the animated movie Ratatouille and Squishy in Monsters University. Dr. Manny Villafaña, who was also mentioned in episode 17, is known as the Cardiac Kahuna. He invented a device that enhanced the pacemaker and saved countless lives. An expert in medical devices, but also an amazing person who was responsible for single-handedly financing the swimming pool and tech center at the Kibbs Bay Boys and Girls Club in the Bronx, was also inducted in 2016. And because nerds are cool, in 2019, we inducted Dr. Carolyn Porco, a planetary scientist who led the imaging sciencing team on the Cassini mission that orbited around Saturn from 2004 to 2017. She even has an asteroid named after her. She served as director of Cyclops, an acronym for Cassini Imaging Central Laboratory for Operations. That's where the uplink and downlink operations for the imaging science are processed. What does that mean? I have no idea. But you know who would? Our Bronx Walk of Fame inductee class of 2000, astrophysicist, host of the television series Cosmos, and another pretty cool nerdy Bronxite, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He makes nerd talk very cool. His book, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, is kind of like science for dummies, a must read. You know, Angel, historians are pretty cool nerdy people too. I know. Speaking of books, some well-known authors have also been inducted onto the Bronx Walk of Fame, like 2001 inductee E.L. Doctorow, author of Ragtime and Billy Bathgate. The queen of suspense, Mary Higgins Clark, was inducted in 2006. She wrote some bestsellers like Where Are the Children and While My Pretty One Sleeps. Her last novel was published in 2019, just before her death. It was titled Kiss the Girls and Make Them Cry. I know these titles sound like fodder for rom-com flicks, but trust me, they will keep you on the edge of your seat. Okay, we're going to list a few more Bronx Walk of Fame inductees, but first we're going to take a break. And now for a little segment we like to call Yo Angel. Yo Olga. There's some fancy theater structures still standing in the Bronx, like the Paradise Theater near East 187th Street and the Grand Concourse. It was the place to be back in its heyday. Tell us more about it. The Lowe's Paradise, part of the movie house empire Lowe's Theaters Incorporated, was designed by John Everson, who designed hundreds of other theaters around the country. He was the innovator of the atmospheric motion picture theaters, where the interior and exterior are designed to make you feel like you were in a different time and place. This style was so popular in the late 1920s, a time when the Grand Concourse and Boulevard, which is the original name, was at the height of its Art Deco style of architecture. The Lowe's Paradise Theater is one of the country's last prolific atmospheric motion picture theaters to survive. It was completed in September 1929 and was designed to evoke the art and architecture of the late Renaissance or early Baroque period. Resembling the garden courtyard of an Italian palace, the auditorium is vast in scale and retains the remarkable ability to astonish the audience. 
the ceiling was painted as a dark blue sky, while a couple of Brenkert Brenographs, or cloud machines, pumped out artificial clouds to make it look like you were watching a movie outdoors. The place is marvelous, filled with various classical sculptures of all kinds. Throughout the years, the Lowe's Paradise Theater lost its prestige as a premier movie house, but its marvelous structure still glorifies the Grand Concourse. It is now run by a megachurch, a trend for former theaters throughout the Bronx, as they gradually became houses of worship for different faiths. Yet, the church at the Old Paradise still enjoys the atmospheric furnishings of one of the most beautiful movie houses ever built in New York City. And now you know. Say, Angel, any other Bronx Walk of Fame inductees you'd like to highlight? Surely. In 2012, Puerto Rican rapper Fat Joe was inducted. He talked about going to Orchard Beach with his dad as a kid. Some people don't know that noted hip-hop producer Swiss Beats was from the Bronx and had his induction to the Bronx Walk of Fame in 2014. His wife, Alicia Keys, attended other hip-hop musical notables like Hot 97's Funk Master Flex was inducted in 2017. Ellen Barkin was inducted in 2013. That fiery Latina actress who starred in some of our favorite cult classics, Rachel Ticotin, was inducted in 2014. She starred in Fort Apache, Con Air, and one of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, Total Recall. Yeah, she rocks. Olga, did you know that at a Bronx Walk of Fame breakfast back in 2009, I gave noted singer and inductee Tony Orlando a history about Featherbed Lane, a street he used to live near? No, I didn't know that. Nor have you ever given me the history about that place. Well, at the same breakfast, I had a wonderful conversation with legendary composer and inductee Charles Fox, who composed the theme songs to popular sitcoms Laverne and Shirley, The Love Boat, and wrote songs for Barry Manilow, Carly Simon, Luther Vandross, Olivia Newton-John, Crystal Gale, Johnny Mathis, and Roberta Flack, just to name a few. He composed the very famous song, Killing Me Softly, which was first sung by Laurie Lieberman, then popularized by Roberta Flack. The song continued on into greater popularity when the Fugees remade the song in 1994. Personally, I prefer the Roberta Flack version. So sultry. For a complete list of our Bronx Walk of Fame inductees, I've included a link in the show notes. But before we sign off, I have to just address once and for all a misconception of the Bronx Walk of Fame. Some people admonish me and other Bronx Ball and Walk of Fame organizers not so much for who is on the Walk of Fame, but more for who is not on the Walk of Fame. So here's the skinny on that. Yes, we all agree with you that icons like Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor and pop star Jennifer Lopez should be on the Bronx Walk of Fame. Trust me, it's not for lack of trying. Each year, we reach out to a number of people we think should be on the walk. But unfortunately, sometimes they're not able to participate. Either scheduling conflicts or protocol does not allow them to accept the invitation to be inducted. Know that we are diligently reaching out to people in order to honor them in this way. The fact is, if they're famous and born in the Bronx, we've already reached out to them. It just hasn't worked out for them. It's a tough job with a lot of movable parts. 
As for the not-so-famous but should be recognized, we have those folks on our sites as well. That's our show this week. Thank all of you for tuning in to our Go Bronx pod, produced by the Bronx Tourism Council and made possible by Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Additional support is provided by NYC and Company. Mucho thanks to the Huntington Free Library and Reading Room for serving as our makeshift recording studio today. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GoBXPod. If you like us, tell your friends. And if they already like us, make some new friends and then tell them. For information about this episode and more, visit ilovethebronx.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our e-newsletter to get the latest and greatest news from and about the Bronx. As, As always, always, I'm Olga Luce. And I'm Angel. Bronxfully, Bronxfully yours.